0: absorb information from different sources. If you really like Fox News, occasionally watch CNN. If you really like CNN, occasionally watch Fox News. Get different sources of information. Most importantly, you can't really put politics at the center of your life. If you're spending more time in politics than you are with your family, or if you're in time of worship or in time of devotion, And you might need to re examine your priorities.
1: You know what we're about to do? We're about to get real. We're about to have conversations that Christians have behind closed doors. The scary ones, the ones that make you feel uncomfortable, that's where we're going. Why? Because we're family. Ustedes son mi familia.
2: So this is the Brian and Janelle podcast. She's Janelle, I'm Brian. And if you don't want to miss anything, just hit that subscribe button. This is the Brian and Janelle Podcast. Dr. Mark Caleb Smith is professor of political science and chair of that department at Cedarville University. Welcome back to the show, my friend.
0: Uh, It's always good to be with you all. How are you doing?
2: Good. So you... uh, You are aware of an article, and so am I now because of you, from the French press called A Whiff of Civil War in the Air. I am not a fan of people doing things like comparing people to Nazis and Hitler, and I'm not a big fan of like, a civil war! Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I don't think you are either. So are you smelling this whiff of civil war in the air?
0: I don't know if i'm smelling it quite as strongly as david french is smelling it but i think there's serious real division in our society And i think it for some people i mean when you look at the polling results uh some folks appear to be ready to split and ready to uh you know engage in a national divorce which is a term i've heard used um so i think it's certainly out there but I, you know I think we have to keep in mind a lot of differences between now and when the actual Civil War itself happened. And I think that article kind of, uh, you know, avoids some of those differences because they're complicated. Uh, But no, there's a lot of division. I don't think we're close to anything violent. At least I hope not. And maybe I'm being naive, but we'll see. Yeah.
2: And now, you know, history is so important in these situations. Yeah. As a political scientist, Mm -hmm. I know you love history. And and so I get frustrated when I hear people say, "Wow, we've never been so divided." Is that true? Right.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't think that's true at all. I mean, I mean, we have we have serious divisions right now. There's no question. Um, but when Abraham Lincoln was elected, uh, we had states secede from the union, and a war happened almost immediately, and we killed hundreds of thousands of each other. And I guess that could happen, but I just don't see a triggering event. Uh, happening right now that would create that sort of violence and that sort of chaos. Um, You have to remember when the civil war happened, um, there was a long tradition of us being divided already. We'd already been in different colonies. A lot of people still thought of themselves as members of a state as opposed to the federal government. Um, But now we have a tradition of togetherness. We have a a long period of functioning as a developing country and a growing country and now an international superpower. Uh, And I think when people say things like, well, you know, we may be on the verge of a division or a war, they kind of forget the last 150 years uh, where we've been together and have been working on the whole. And we've always had serious disagreements. Um, anyone who lived through the 1960s and 1970s remembers some of those disagreements. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, division now, but I'm not sure we're on the cusp of violence.
1: Do you see anything different now?
0: Well, I think some of the things that are different, and I think part of that—that's part of what he's getting at—is we have a media environment now which is so pervasive and which twists information in such uh, weird ways that certainly didn't happen before the Civil War. Uh, to the point now where people really are kind of consuming information as almost two separate countries. Uh, you know, if you're on social media, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, then they feed you information that. You know, fits with your worldview, yeah. and you may only be getting one one side of the information. The other side gets the other side of the information, and you really don't communicate across that chasm very often at all. And that's different. That's certainly different than what we've seen uh, in the past. And media outlets in general. I mean, I wouldn't include you all in this, but media outlets in general, they make money off of sowing that division. Yeah, uh, they appeal to those people. They monetize it get clicks, they get ratings, they get eyeballs and ears, and uh, they continue to sow that division. And so that's different now. And I think that's creating a lot of the, dis- of the discord that we're seeing. Um, you hope somehow we figure out a way to work through that. But maybe I'm being naive there.
2: We're going to take a quick break and we come back more with Dr. Mark Caleb Smith, professor of political science and chair of that department at Cedarville University. So We're talking about a recent David French article called A Whiff of Civil War in the Air. Could there be Why would he say something like that? We'll look more specifically at his arguments and evaluate them from a faith perspective in just a minute. With us, Dr. Mark Caleb Smith, chair of the political science department at Cedarville University. Go to cedarville.edu for more, cedarville.edu. We're talking about an article by political commentator David French. He's also a follower of Christ who wrote an article called A Whiff of Civil War in the Air, talking about all the intense political division in America and the uniqueness of it we're evaluating this and i find it interesting and i that that we get this text just moments ago i'd love to have you respond to this because it deals with the heart of david french's article someone texted saying there's a small but noisy faction that hates our country and that's the problem what say you Well, I,
0: I think there are facts, different factions that have different conceptions of who we are as a country. There's no question about that. Um, certainly, there are people in our country uh, that don't like who we are, that don't like our founding, and they think we need to change radically. Uh, there are people on the other side who are, who don't like those people <laughs> and prefer to get them out of the public square altogether and think they should change radically. And so, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, I don't know if I hate. Maybe is the right word uh, for different people on the other side of the political aisle than we are, and that's that's part of the problem that I think we as Christians need to help work through, as opposed to exacerbate. Um, you know, the culture war, the motif of the culture war as we get into politics, seeing it through a warlike lens, it by definition creates enemies and dehumanizes people in the process, and we have to. We have to do better than that. You know, we can't really fall into that rhetoric because it makes it so much harder uh, right. to love people who are on the other side.
2: Yeah, because, you know, I mean, so, so often I hear Christians even saying things like, the real problem yeah. is those people mm-hmm. when the gospel says the problem is me.
0: And even if, even if you're convinced 100% that those people are the problem, however we define them, and if you really think they're your enemies, then Christ is pretty clear about how we should treat them. We yeah. should love them. And that's, uh, it's really hard to do. uh, But I think that's what our clear obligation is.
2: And that's where I see so many people claiming Christ. And I wonder if they truly know him or if they're so immature in their faith, they haven't realized those very basic level truths that you and I just discussed.
0: Well, I think they, I really think they, if you sat them down and asked them, of course they'd say, well, sure, I I understand that. But so much information uh, they get every day from so many different sources feed into this kind of division and hatred that. Uh, you know, let's say they go to church for an hour a week. Let's say they even do a daily devotional. Mm-hmm. And then you sit down and you watch a divisive news channel for 12 hours a day. You know, mm-hmm. and you, you sort of figure out which one's going to win out in the end. Or you spend, uh, you know, eight hours a day glued to social media, which feeds that division as well. And so yeah, I think people know the doctrine. I really do, most of them, but I, I think it's very difficult to live that out when everything else in your life is pointing to division and to hatred.
2: Now, as an example of this, and the reason David French smells a whiff of civil war in the air has to do with a survey that came out recently that reveals some pretty fascinating and troubling things. Can you help us uh, think through that and and tell us what it's about?
0: Yeah, a survey from the University of Virginia, uh, which looks at these kinds of divisions. um, And according to the survey, a majority of Trump voters felt like it was appropriate for the country to split now. Uh, 51% in that survey. Uh, Plurality, 41% of Biden voters also felt like it was a good time to split the country. And so that's where the sobering statistics kind of come into this, but the survey goes farther and I think gets into things that we should at least mention. A lot of this is based on misconception. Uh, People have, they label the other side in a way that isn't always accurate or fair. And so they think we should split, but mostly because they're convinced the other side is so evil. And some of that's just built on misunderstanding. So, for example, Biden voters tend to see Republicans as pretty pretty much fascists. Trump supporters tend to see uh, Democrats as pretty much socialists. Well, I think if you, if you read your history and we, we're diligent about what words mean, uh, Democrats today aren't socialists, honestly, and Republicans today aren't fascists. They have em- elements in their parties that certainly are radical to some extent, Uh, But to call those parties those things is just simply misinformation. But if you go on social media or if you go to certain news outlets, you're going to hear those words used again and again and again to label that other side. And that label tends to be sticking. And that's some of what he's getting at when he talks about the potential for division. And and again, I think a lot of it is just rooted in misinformation.
2: And, you know, as an example of that, uh, David French looks at some statistics on how conservatives view the current proposed infrastructure bill from the Biden administration. Yeah. Can you talk about that?
0: Yeah. So his argument, and again, I think the poll does support that. His argument is that a lot of this division is emotional uh, rather than uh, intellectual or whether or rather than content driven or policy driven. So when you talk to Republicans about elements of the infrastructure bill and you just list the elements you know, do you think we need more spending on this or that? Or do you think we need help fixing this or that? You see pretty big chunks of support for those elements of the infrastructure bill, even among Republicans themselves. And so again, I think if we can get past the label, if we can get past the surface, and if we can sort of talk to each other at that policy level, you probably will find more agreement. But let's be honest about it. Our parties are part of this problem as well, mm-hmm. right? I mean, they feed that division and they use it to get fundraising and to get support and to get votes and to get everything else. And then when they need unity and when they need people to vote for them, it's hard. And it's almost like they're shocked by that, <laughs> uh, yeah. which is kind of incredible. So our, our, parties, our parties really are not doing a good job of educating voters. They're certainly not doing a good job of working together to solve problems.
2: And then, you know, David French also makes an argument in his piece here. Again, if you're looking for it, it's called A Whiff of Civil War in the Air, uh, where there's something unique about the day and age in which we live in that the radical fringes have unwittingly infected the average person more so than usual. And he points to a study of those who were arrested and charged in the January 6th riots, whatever you want to call it. Can you share a little bit about that and what your take is on it?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's certainly true that we do have extreme elements of both parties. um, But those extreme elements are really good at getting attention. They're really good at leveraging social media and leveraging media opportunities. Um, And those things have filtered down through the parties and through the media outlets to the point now where a lot of people, as he calls them, normal people, uh, are simply buying into them. And so for people who are involved in January 6th, you know, when they're being interviewed and giving evidence and they they really think they were doing the right thing. They think they were helping America. They think they were saving the country from a constitutional crisis uh, where the wrong president was about to be installed and this was their last obligation. So they're doing it out of patriotism, you know, out of something that in many cases can be very healthy and very positive thing. And so people are absorbing these kinds of messages and, you know, as we saw on January 6th, sometimes they act on them. Yeah. Um, I think what David French is really worried about, he's worried about violence just erupting in places that we can't predict because people are absorbing these messages and they may act on them. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think there's some I think there's some wisdom to be fearful of that.
2: Because we saw it on January 6th. Yeah.
0: As yeah, I, We saw it there and we're, we will see it again, most likely.
2: Because as it's indicated in the article, 90% of those arrested or charged have no ties with extremist groups. The majority were middle class and middle aged. 40% were business owners or white collar workers. And so it's like these really were like average Americans. So uh, his his fear seems to be rooted in that, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, and and that's understandable to some point. Um, Whether that mechanically can work itself into such a massive disruption where we see violence in the streets... You know, I still think is unlikely, uh, but maybe we will see limited events like January 6th in the future, where things just kind of come together and we see a violent episode erupt. I mean, again, I understand we're grievously divided right now, but if we look back in the late 1960s to the early 1970s, we saw race riots then. We saw cities being burned down and protests to some extent, places like Detroit and Los Angeles. And so we've seen disruptions before. We've seen significant violence related to politics before, even since the Civil War, and we made it through that. You know, and so I want, I want us to be you know, aware of the division, but hopeful and pushing forward to get past this and hopefully be more productive and work together a little bit better.
2: Mm-hmm. So we're almost out of time, so I hate to do this to you, but what's your, what's your basic advice For the Christian, the follower of Christ, who loves politics, how do they approach it in a biblical, healthy way?
0: Uh, I think the best thing you can do is to absorb information from different sources. So if you really like Fox News, occasionally watch CNN. If you really like CNN, occasionally watch Fox News. Get different sources of information. Um, And then most importantly, you can't really put politics at the center of your life. You know, if you're spending more time in politics than you are, uh, with your family, or if you're in time of worship or in time of devotion, then you might need to re-examine your priorities. I mean, it's very tempting, and I, I'm guilty of this temptation, or see this temptation in my own life all the time. It's very tempting to put politics in the center and just make it an idol. You know, if it's becoming an idol, if it's corrupting the corners of your heart, then we, you need to reprioritize. And Again, I, I have to do that myself regularly. So take a step back, uh, look at it, detach yourself from it, and rest in the sovereignty of God moving forward.
2: That coming from a political science professor. So I think we can all work on that, too. Mm -hmm. Again, Dr. Mark Caleb Smith is professor of political science and chair of that department at Cedarville University. For more information about how you can attend the school or send your kids there, grandkids, go to cedarville.edu, cedarville.edu. Thanks again, Doc. We always love talking to you.
0: Uh, It's always my pleasure. You all take care.
1: Hey, hold up. Where are you going? You know you liked your time with us. You want more. So go ahead, look down, hit that button right there and subscribe, and you'll get updated episodes,
2: and then you can hang some more. And guess what? You can help us out. How? A five-star rating. Hello?
1: You can also hang with us live weekday mornings from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time, download the Moody Radio mobile app, and you're able to connect with us.
2: Or just go to brianandjanelle.org.
1: And listen, we didn't put all this together all by ourselves. There's some great people behind this production. We want to thank Ron Eastwood, Kelly Ryder, Paul Carter, Mike Reynolds, Alan Perry, and our awesome and fearless leader, Josue Villa.
2: And finally, this podcast is a production of Moody Radio in Cleveland, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.